Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Weekly Wrap. My name is Sindhira Chetty and I'm here to tell you what you can expect from the latest Farmers Weekly magazine, which is a jam-packed double issue, the 2nd and 9th April. We also take a look at this week's top agricultural news. The cover photo this week is one of my favorite covers this year. It's a photo of newborn piglets suckling on a soap. This photo was taken by Jean-Ré van der Waalt during her visit to pig farmer Jason Byers in the Western Cape. She visited him to learn more about his free-range pig operation and how he plans to grow his business to commercial success. Other informative features to look out for in this magazine include a story about how a mother and daughter team launched their essential oils business from scratch and also established their own skincare product line. And we also speak to three-time winner of the Santam Agriculture National Silage Competition about the precision required for producing superior silage. Let's take a look at the main feature article. Intensive or free-range pig farming is one of the first questions you have to ask yourself when considering raising pigs. But Jason Byers of Ocean View Piggery in the Western Cape knew from the word go that he wanted his pigs to have as natural existence as possible and that one day his business would be 100% free-range. Byers started his farming journey three years ago by renting land from Dani Ter Blanche. Byers didn't have much of a farming background, but he always knew he wanted to be a farmer. He took a loan from his father-in-law and bought his first three Duroc kilts. He said that he started small so that he could determine the possible challenges along the way. Today, this 26-year-old operation comprises 12 breeding sows and one boar. And he slaughters at least 10 pigs every two weeks at the local abattoir. Bayes strongly believes in natural existence for his pigs. The sows are not placed in farrowing pens, but allowed to do free-range farrowing. The sows have incredible mothering abilities, he says. He also does not cut the piglets' teeth, dock their tails, or castrate the males, and does not inject the piglets with iron. He says that the pigs obtain the iron they need by digging and rooting in Elan's flays, iron-rich soils. Pies explains that free-range pigs have a slower growth rate than conventionally housed pigs as they are more active. It's an advantage for him because the fat layer on the meat is not as thick and this is what makes his product unique. He says feed represents his biggest input cost, but he has managed to reduce his feeding costs significantly by formulating his own feed mix. Pies' dream is to eventually become a commercial farmer on his own land. His advice to aspiring farmers is to do as much research as possible before starting with pigs. He says read magazines, watch YouTube videos, don't waste your money by buying second-grade animals and also do lots of market research. He also adds mentors can play an important role in the success of emerging farmers. We all know that essential oils have various uses and benefits, such as in therapeutic treatments, and as ingredients in cosmetics, perfumes, beverages, and food. In the next feature, we find out how mother and daughter team Onika and Naledi Nkowe started farming herbal plants to produce essential oils. In 2018, after attending a Farmer's Day workshop, they were introduced to essential oils. Shortly after attending the workshop, they took part in the South African Essential Oils Business Incubator Masterclass where they gain extensive knowledge about the production of rose geranium and other essential oil plants. The essential oil masterclasses enabled Onika and Naledi to venture into the production of essential oils, focusing on rose geranium, 
marjoram, and vetiver grass. The team are based on a 21-hectare property on the outskirts of Bronkospreit, east of Pretoria and Gauteng since 2006. They produce about 1 hectare of rose geranium and 50 square meters and 100 square meters of majorum and vetiver, respectively. Monica and Naledi have also established the Iketle skin product lines, with products ranging from Himalayan bath salts to rose geranium shower oil. According to Onika, they give great attention to the quality of the plant material they produce. Healthy plants equals good yields. A day or two after harvesting, plant material is transported to Pretoria to be distilled via steam distillation by the business incubator. The essential oil is tested for quality and a chemical composition analysis and transcript is released. The farmers then submit this transcript to a pharmaceutical company that formulates the skincare products. The products do not contain preservatives, synthetic fragrances, or artificial dyes, and are packed in materials that are environmentally friendly, reusable, and recyclable. Onika and Naledi are pleased with their progress and see themselves as laborers facilitating the essential oil production and helping people feel comfortable in their own skins. They are keen to expand production of the essential oil plants to 8 hectares and will ultimately like to invest in their own distillation unit. The last feature we look at is producing superior silage to add value to your dairy operation. Now, silage is a high-value product that is produced in a very short time in a high-pressure environment. This is according to Hanno Lombard, co-owner of West End Landhut in Morganzon, Mpumalanga, he is also a three-time winner of the Santam Agriculture National Silage Competition. Now, the farm consists of grain, sheep, cattle, and dairy farming. Lombard explains that dairy is a difficult industry to be in. A few years ago, they were at a point where they were going to halt the section or expand to get the benefits of economies of scale. They decided on the latter and knew that ramping up the silage would be crucial to their success. West End Lunghut has a Holstein herd of 2,600 cows with 1,000 in milk. The farm is self-sufficient in producing all the roughage needed in the herd's diet. In total, 60% of the herd's diet is produced on the farm. Some 30% of Lombard's total maize crop, equating to 500 hectares, is used for silage. The maize is planted on dryland and cultivars are selected based on their potential to produce both good silage as well as a good grain crop. The optimal planting time is at the beginning of October, with harvesting taking place around the end of February and lasting three to four weeks. Now, because the window for an optimal harvest is quite short, they start when the dry matter moisture content is slightly higher so that they don't end the harvest when the moisture is too low. The period between mid-January and mid-February is the most important for the development of maize. And in this small window, the quality of the silage will be determined. Lombard says the harvester is the most important piece of equipment in the entire silage production process. He aims for a chopping length of 12 millimeters to get the most effective fiber in the feed ration and uses a Penn State particle separator to determine the optimal cutting length. The farm has three concrete bunkers to store the silage. Lombard also recently purchased a silage bagger so that the additional product can be stored and to minimize interruptions in the harvest and storing process. The bagger compacts the material as it's put in the bags, so time is not wasted in compacting.
While this is far less time-consuming and requires less intensive management, Lombard says they don't plan on switching to bags entirely. The concrete bunkers still have their benefits, as they're the most effective way to store silage. Once compaction has been completed, the silage bunker is covered with 200 micron white plastic secured with old tires. Lombard notes that compacting and sealing the silage correctly is crucial to obtaining a quality product. The silage is then left for a minimum of five weeks before it can be used. Now let's take a look at this week's top news stories. The recent interception of about 100 donkeys believed to be destined for slaughter in Lesotho, where gelatine from their skins will reportedly be harvested for making traditional Chinese medicine, has South Africa's National Council of Societies for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals concerned that this controversial practice could be resurfacing. The NSPCA had begun investigating the donkey skin trade just over five years ago. The initial investigation found that gelatine from donkey's skins was being used in the manufacture of traditional Chinese medicine called Ijao. According to Grace Delanga, Senior Inspector for the NSPCA's Farm Animal Protection Unit, said South Africa's donkey skin trade resulted in a multitude of health and welfare problems for the animals. There was reportedly also a surge in the theft of donkeys from farms and rural communities. The NSPCA called on the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development to intervene urgently to stop the country's exports of donkeys and their skins and products. In the next story, illegal sand mining threatens sugar farmers. The sugarcane farms of 175 small-scale growers are hanging in the balance as illegal sand mining in the middle Kumati River reaches catastrophic levels. As increasingly more sand is removed, water levels are dropping to the point where irrigation pumps can no longer function. Seren Bruce, the Kumati area manager for the South African Cane Growers Association, said sand mining had started in early 2000s after the weir near Subanga village broke exposing high-quality river sand. There have been a joint task team and multi-stakeholder discussions to bring the sand mining under control, but to no avail, he said. In documents addressed to catchment management agencies and various levels of government, the growers stated that the lowering of water levels as a result of sand mining meant that pump stations had to be lowered at a cost of 180,000 rand per pump. Many pumps have had to be abandoned as the water levels are too low to allow for pumping. And in other news, Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Gwede Mantashe, recently gave the National Energy Regulator of South Africa the go-ahead to process license applications for self-generation facilities of more than 1 megawatts. According to Kulani Siweya, agricultural economist at AgriSA, the approval means that prospective applicants are no longer required to obtain ministerial approval for deviation from the Integrated Resource Plan 2019 before applying to NERSA for a license. So farmers will now be able to put up renewable energy sources above 1 megawatts. Now this is an opportunity for the agricultural sector to be part of the solution in addressing the power supply challenges presents itself through self-generation. This will solve the energy crisis and make power more affordable for the sector. And that's it for this week. Just a reminder that the current magazine is a combined issue for the 2nd and 9th April. The next magazine published will be the 16th of April, which will be on shelves from the 9th. The Farmers Weekly team would also like to wish our Christian readers a happy and blessed Easter. 
and wish all our readers who are traveling during the long weekend a safe journey. Remember to follow us and engage with us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next time, stay safe and happy farming.